What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Movies with Wrestlers. I am Eric. This week, Connor and I are talking about the movie Blockers. It's a John Cena flick, and it's going head-to-head with Baywatch from the last episode. Um, There's a little bit of audio leakage in this one, too, just like there probably will be in the next couple, but we're working through it. This one was a longer episode. It took me a while to get it all cleaned up, but I think I did a pretty good job, so hopefully you enjoy it. Um, I liked this movie. We'll get into that, and we'll see which Mitch wins, because both The Rock and John Cena's characters are named Mitch, so it's the Battle of the Mitches, bitches. (laughs) Um, uh, I'm going to quit talking. Let's just get into the episode. Here's Blockers. Blockers. Oh. I think it, this movie was actually called Cock Blockers. It was, yeah. There was a an emoji rooster. Yeah, fitting, because a lot of this 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 plot is driven by emojis. Yeah, by overread emojis. I overread yeah. as in overheard. I don't think overread is a term, but I just tried to use it as if it was. Well, I think you just coined it, Shakespeare. That's what young that's what Shakespeare they say, right? is what you, they call me. You coined the term. Um, do they call you that? Uh, they should now that I've coined this term. I'm going to call you that. Young Shakespeare. What What did you think? Just first, right off the bat, what did you think of the movie? So much better than I expected it to be, honestly. I know. I actually kind of enjoyed watching it. I it was going to be. Yeah. Well, it was, it was definitely like in the same vein as Baywatch. Like it's the same kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Same like type of movie. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. I've actually seen it before and I was just rewatched it now. Like, I think I saw it when it first came out on DVD. Um, and remember, like, I don't remember thinking like super fondly of it, but like, as I've, I've watched a lot of bad movies for this podcast and this yeah. one wasn't, wasn't as unenjoyable as the others. I this actually is like, such laughed a, a couple times. This is like a very good weekend afternoon movie. Oh, the or, category I put it in, like yeah, like just so decent and like it's funny enough, but it's low stakes enough that you can tune out if you need to, and like yeah, like you don't have to pay super close attention. You can you can come in and just kind of enjoy the laughs. Um, so the plot of the movie is three parents are sent, well. It starts out with the three parents, which is John Cena and Ike Barinholtz, and Leslie Mann, which might be the the Apatow connection. I know Seth Rogen produced it, but I was think I knew there was some sort of Apatow connection to this movie, and maybe it was his wife, but yeah. I think... I kind of same production consider company. all the like Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg-produced movies as, like in a grand sense, they're also produced by Apatow. Yeah, they're adjacent, for sure. Um... It starts out with them dropping their their daughters off to school for their first day of school. It's a flashback, and uh, I think the first the first like laugh that I got out of it was when they're dropping them off, and Ike Barinholtz like, "You guys want to grab a drink?" And he says <laughs> yeah. it like two or three times, and they're just kind of like ignoring him at first, and then eventually she's like, "Is he asking if we want to get a drink?" And she's just like, "I hope he coffee. means coffee." <laughs> Dude, it did um, start strong. It like. The one-two punch of the very sweet home movies of the kids 
and then immediately to the do you want to get a drink? Do you want to get a drink? Is like <laughs> exactly like the entire tone of the movie. Yeah, no, like totally. All this like super reminiscent nostalgia and like empty nest syndrome, and also just like fucking stupid and silly. Yeah, like let's get a drink at nine in the morning. <laughs> um, you don't see Ike Barinholtz in a lot, do you? Or am I just out of touch? Um, he's in a lot of TV. Yeah, no, totally. During around this period, he was in a lot of stuff. Yeah, I I just mean like in this sort of a role where he's like kind of a co lead. Yeah, he's I think, normally I like think he's the the slacker best friend or whatever. Yeah, yeah. He's a very likable dude, I think. He is, man. I don't know. In like a like his it, well, his his timing is just so good. Yeah, and I think he was on Mad TV, right? Is that what yeah. I remember him from? Definitely, mainly. Yeah, so I don't know. It's cool, like seeing him in in a role where he can like actually flex his comedic chops in like a more than just a couple of lines type of role because that's what i'm used to seeing him in like this this movie he actually has a character that has like a character arc yeah totally and he actually gets to like act in a couple scenes he gets to act and like he gets to have his turning point moment which is cool so right off the bat like as far as casting goes it's like an interesting cast i would say Mm mm-hmm as far as the three leading adults go in the movie. Cause like Cena definitely hasn't acted a lot at this point. Like he's been in movies for sure, but this is like, I feel like this is coming off the heels of, of like train wreck when he got the train wreck movie. Yeah. Definitely. And that was like his big, his big break into acting. I think that's like his Scorpion King to the, to the rock. Wow, those are two think. different movies too. No, yeah, totally. Like way different movies, but as, like as I, far no, as I, like I'm what, with you. Yeah, like that 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 level because I think before Scorpion King, The Rock, he was in The Mummy too for like a hot minute. He played the same character, I think, in the second oh, yeah, mummy. Right. But he was he wasn't like a big role or anything. That was just like his big. I don't know. Maybe there's another one because The Rock. I guess The Scorpion King's not like it. A big movie. It was like a blockbuster type movie, though. I it definitely remember. was, and it's like I remember. I don't think I've ever watched it, but I had the VHS in my house. You know, like it definitely was seen by a lot of people. Yeah, well, I remember when it came out. I definitely liked it more than I liked the Mummy movies. Granted, I was like eight, but I remember liking the Scorpion King and thinking, like, "Oh, The Rock is cool." And then it likes then like his other when he like first started when he made the transition from wrestling to acting. Cause I think he still had a foot in wrestling when he was doing like mummy and scorpion King. And I think he was on his way out, but that's after that's when like walking tall came out and, um, the rundown that like really kicked the rock into his acting career. Yeah. How far before that, before how far was that before be cool? Be Cool was like 2005 or 2006, I want to say. So it was like leading up to that. Yeah. I want to say maybe maybe a year or two before that movie. I haven't seen that one yet. <laughs> I mean, it has its it has its flaws. That's a sequel to Get Shorty, right? Yeah, it is. Uh, Dwayne's pretty decent in it, but it is. 
way longer than it needs to be and not not as funny as it thinks it is. Yeah. I could see that. One of the first lines that made me like actually laugh out loud was there the all the daughters are like talking about how they're going to have sex on prom night and they're talking about like what gets them in the mood and she's like I'm going to light that candle that gets me horny and <laughs> I think it's seen as daughter is like all candles get me horny. <laughs> oh my god yeah which is just funny i wonder if that's true if like because like candles definitely don't get me horny i wouldn't say they got me horny they could help in getting me horny though (laughs) you think so i don't to me it wouldn't make a difference i don't think they're enough on their own but it i think they're a nice compliment i just think it's funny that the idea of something that's like traditionally very girly like candles and and nice scents and stuff is all it takes all candles get me horny (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) there was another line that was i think one of them i can't remember which one said it but they were like penises are not for looking at they're for use (laughs) i didn't even hear that that sounds like it was uh sam it was uh ike baronholtz's daughter yeah i think so which honestly i kind of agree with that because i've always thought that dicks are like the ugliest thing in the world they're not equipment that was designed with aesthetics in mind no no not at all um hannibal was in this movie again hannibal was the was what i thought was going to be the only through line to this movie and the yeah previous one well, then, it wasn't, though. It wasn't because both The Rock and Cena are named Mitch in these movies. Yeah, that wasn't on purpose. That just happened. And it it wasn't or, until that like, happened organically. the end of the movie that I realized it. I didn't realize it until you pointed it out, honestly. Because like, I, I, I'm so bad with like picking up on what characters' names are. Like Unless it's a TV show, I'm not going to remember what the names of the characters in a movie are. Yeah. I just don't spend enough time with them. So it, that's why I like when, when I talk about movies, I talk about like, I, I I call all the actors by the actor's name. Yeah. Well, and especially like, when it's like, when it's a really nondescript white name that they have to give because it's just, they can't use John Cena as his name. Right. Speaking of which, this is, and this has nothing to do with the movie or anything really, but have you noticed, and there's a couple different actors that do it, but Charlie Sheen, for example, almost everything that Charlie Sheen is in, the character's name is Charlie. Oh, yeah. I think um, Tony Danza does that, too. Tony. Yeah, yeah, totally. What do you think that is? Do you think it's like it could be anything, really? But I think that it's either ego or laziness. I think it's closer to the laziness end of the spectrum. (laughs) Like they... In order for them to answer to another name, like it has to be their name. My yeah, my impression has always been that it's like they will forget their character's name. Yeah. <laughs> They're like they can't handle having to go by another name because they won't be able to like be in the scene and respond to people. Right. I'm just curious if that's a choice or what if it wasn't? Maybe it was just a coincidence. <laughs> they just kept going out for roles with their name. Oh wow, yeah, this like one's the age- Tony too. Yeah, like 
Tony Danza's agent is like, hey, we got a great role for you. I think it could really, really be exactly what your career needs. Um, it's about this guy. His name is John. Nope. He's just out. He's out right away. I won't do it. I won't do it unless they rename him Tony. <laughs> Write a movie about a Tony and then we'll talk. The script's really good. I like it a lot. Main character. Do you think you can name him Tony? Oh, wow, wow. This story sounds great. It sounds really interesting and um, like it has a lot of depth and it's really rich. And oh, his name isn't Tony. <laughs> That's going to be a problem. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I always thought that was interesting, though. Even even all dogs go to heaven. Charlie Sheen is a voice <laughs> in that movie. And the is dog's name true? is Charlie. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm so oh, serious. Um, I, mean, I guess when you're Charlie Sheen. Yeah, you can. You can he's doing uh, single care commercials now with his dad. What For what commercials? Single care? It's kind of like um, GoodRx. It's like prescription coupons. <laughs> so like if, you're in, if your insurance doesn't cover like a certain amount of a prescription or like you still have to pay a lot out of pocket, you can get these coupons. Um Started out with just Martin Sheen doing them, and then Charlie Sheen got into it too. <laughs> wow, it's very interesting because I the haven't seen Charlie business. Sheen in anything in a while. I don't, I don't pay like super close attention, but I haven't seen him in anything big in a while. No, I can't remember the last thing. I the last thing I remember that he did was that anger management show. After right, he left me too. Two and a half men. Yeah. Which, honestly, he doesn't really have to do anything. He could live off that two and a half men money for a, a couple lifetimes, I would think. I mean, definitely, yeah. I mean, and he got paid that, a lot to do that show. Fucking Major League and all the John Hughes movies, you know? Yeah, yeah. Whatever happened to Emilio? Um, I think he's still in Minnesota coaching, coaching the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> I was going to say, is he still coaching... Uh... Minor league hockey. <laughs> Coach in Minnesota Pee Wee. <laughs> or Pee Wee hockey, not even minor league. Uh, um, no, I don't know. I don't, this, I don't know anything about the Estevezes. 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 Um, um, you know what's weird? Uh, so Hannibal Burris was in Baywatch, which we watched yesterday. He was also in Blockers, which we walk, watched today. I watched a movie last night. That he was also in. What? Which yes. one? Yes. Um, Tag? Spider-Man, Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, that one's good. He's I like the new very, Spider-Man it, movies. I do too, man. Um, I thought they did a really good job with yeah, with Spider-Man. After, not that like Sam Raimi and whoever did the, the Andrew Garfield ones didn't do a good job. Like those movies are fine. Yeah. Um. Like they scratched the the Spider Man itch, but I've always thought that Spider Man looks too old, and I've always wanted them to put like an actual teenager in that role. Well, and, and I'm glad they did. And Tom Holland is so good. He was he's really good. I was watching this. There was this movie that I had seen when it was playing at the Myrna, like when we were in high school, right? But um, I totally forgot about. But it's that Ewan Ewan McGregor movie, The Impossible. Where they're like in, I think Thailand maybe, and they get hit with a monsoon and like it just destroy it like 
levels everything and it's the family trying to find each other uh-huh. amid all the chaos and stuff. It's crazy. But Tom Holland is the kid and he's got to be like 13 or 14 and he's incredible. He's maybe the best actor in the movie. It's crazy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And he's not, he's like British or Australian or something he's like British. that. Right. He's got an accent, but he pulls off the Brooklyn accent pretty pretty well like it's not too over the top and it, but it's there it's like subtly there yeah totally and i always think that that's impressive when an actor can do that because like i think i can do a decent british impression like an impression of the british uh accent because there's a there's a bunch of different ones that you could do but i think overall like i can do a pretty good one i don't think that i could do one convincing enough to where like if i were to act on a british tv show or in a british movie i don't think i could do it convincing enough to where other British people would be like, he's British. Right. And certainly not like regional in the way that they pay, to pay attention to regional accents in England. Like, Yeah, totally. But Hugh Laurie did a good job in, in house. I never knew that dude wasn't American till I watched that. Uh, I think it was flight of the Phoenix where they're stuck in the desert and they have to get that plane started. He's in that movie, the fucking McConaughey movie. Uh, I don't, yeah, I, I can't remember if, yeah, it was McConaughey, I think. Wasn't I want to say it was. Was that Sahara? I think you're thinking of Sahara. I'm thinking of a different one, but Is it's like, like the like same. Armageddon Independence Day kind of thing? No, I, 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 honestly, it's been so long since I watched it. I think Randy Quaid was in it. I think Randy Quaid was the lead. Not Randy Quaid, Dennis Quaid, the other Quaid. Right, the not insane Quaid. Yeah, <laughs> um. But I think he was the lead in it. But yeah, Hugh Laurie was in it. They have to like get this. They're in. They're stuck in the desert, and they have to get this plane to work to get out of the desert. Mm. It's been so long since I watched it, but I think it was called Flight of the Phoenix. Unless I'm remembering, that is also the plot of Sahara. So yeah, no, and they came out. I remember this when I watched the movie, but they came out like pretty close together. And remember, I remember they had like very similar plots. But I think Sahara is the McConaughey one. I don't know, man. It it does happen quite a bit, though. Like, I was thinking of another instance of that recently where it was like, this is the exact same movie, pretty much, and it has the exact same person in it. Whoa. What, what yeah, was that? I, wish, I don't know. I can't remember. I wish I could. It wasn't. It was pretty recent, though. It was like within the last five or ten years, I would say. Huh. Well, I guess yeah, we'll never but know. it does... I think it just is a matter of like certain movies probably they probably filmed it like a year or two before they filmed the other. It just took longer for it to come out because you know how the movie biz is with distribution yeah. and, and figuring out all that shit. Like one studio will be making a thing and then another studio will catch wind of it. And then they're like, we got right. one out before then. Yeah, exactly. Like they think that's that's what kind of sucks about at least the the blockbuster movies and not like the the indie darling movies is like it's they're almost always so obviously just for profit and just yeah. to make money like and and don't really care about the actual story or anything like that which i would say like some of the movies we're probably going to watch in in this season are going to be like that i have a feeling i have i can think of at least one which one? We I'm well, I'm not here to spoil. Okay. 
We'll 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 get to it. I gotta look at the list. I could probably guess. Anyway, back to <laughs> back to blockers. Dude, there was so most of my notes are just lines that I thought were funny, which I think is a good sign if your movie's a comedy. Yeah, but same here. There there's the first scene where they're like um reading the emojis and stuff. Uh-huh. Um and there's the one where like it's drooling and like Baron Holtz is like that's not drool, that's cum, my man. And John Cena just says, <laughs> stand down. <laughs> Stand down. <laughs> yeah, Cena's definitely playing Cena again. But like, what Cena would be like if he did have kids? Yeah, because that's that's kind of what I'm like. Just knowing, I guess more than I should know about John Cena's personal life, and how I know that he doesn't want kids, and like his attitude towards kids, like seeing him as a dad is very interesting to me. Yeah. I can't really explain why, but... Everything you hear about him is that he's, like, a very controlling, like, structured, to be generous, guy. And that yeah. does, that comes across in this movie. No, definitely. Sure. Definitely. And he also, what I'm um, noticing is, like, he's surprisingly willing to be the butt of jokes in pretty Yeah, no, totally. Movies. Yeah, and I, I think he understands what kids think are funny. Yeah. And that's why he's like he's all over Nickelodeon now. Like he yeah. did that Nickelodeon movie, the Playing with Fire. He hosts Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader Now, which is on he Nickelodeon. Does. That's a great job for him. Yeah, no, I definitely it's better than it 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 makes me want to watch it more than if Jeff Foxworthy was still on there. <laughs> definitely. Man, I've been on um, like a huge game show kick and I'm probably gonna gonna see what what the buzz is all about. You got to dip just to see what he's like as a game show host. Yeah, totally. Cause that's, that's a very specific like responsibility. It's not like acting. I don't, I think it is, but it's not really like you have to kind of be the glue that holds this entire show together. Yeah. You I have think to it's be like, really fun and move the show forward. Yeah. I think that's like a much harder job than it, than you would think it is. Yeah. Just like having to be a host of any show really, but a game show. Yeah. particularly you know who's great at it steve harvey oh he's one of the best he's a legend he is he's so, so good funny. at being a game show host he he's hilarious in, so in in that in that role he is hilarious exactly. like i i used to watch the steve harvey show um when it not not necessarily when it was on but when it was in syndication and loved it love the steve harvey show just as a sitcom it's great mm -hmm. but there's a difference between him in that role versus him as a game show host where he could basically be himself but turned up. Yeah. Kind of like being a wrestler. Be yourself but turned up to 11. Yeah. Um, but He's really I've, good at, like, making sexual jokes that aren't offensive for family. Because, like, the show he's on, you have to – kids have to be able to watch it. But it is, like, still pretty dirty. Yeah, no, like a lot of the comedy comes from just his reaction to what the people are saying. Yeah, totally. He's like, I just can't believe you said that shit. Yeah. Like there was there was one time I was watching Family Feud and he he basically makes this dude he I would think feel like just an idiot because the dude says something. I don't remember what the context was, but he says something and then Steve Harvey just goes off on it for like 2 minutes. Like two minutes of airtime where he's just like basically roasting this dude 
because he said something so stupid. <laughs> totally. I've seen him do that shit too, where he's just like, I, or even just for another example, he'll, someone will say something that is obviously a dumb answer. And then their team is like, good answer, good answer, because they have to yeah. be supportive. And then he's like, right. All right. We're going to say milk <laughs> the cat. I know that shit isn't up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, uh, at a certain point, they're having a conversation. I think it's um, with Ike Barinholt's daughter, because it's like her mom and Hannibal, who's her stepdad. Frank. And, yeah, Frank. And, her mom is like trying to to talk to like basically trying to like cheer her up but in an awful way basically saying i know you want to stay friends with with your like your high school best friends forever but nobody does that which isn't true <laughs> obviously <laughs> um but she's like my my closest friend i've only known for like 6 months it's jen from work and <laughs> hannibal's like wait who's that and she's like, you know, Jen, she does all the, the silly cartoons. And he's like, oh, racist Jen. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yeah, he's great. He, yeah. He gets a lot done with, like, very little movement, you know? No, yeah. Yeah. Like, he like, was, that was hilarious. And he also was sad when he said it. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's really great at being that character because he kind of does the same thing on the eric andre show he's like very much in the background and and only speaks when it like serves a comedic purpose basically when he has something hilarious to say yeah um i fucking love hannibal dude he should be in every movie yeah man i don't know he's he's i'm i'm here for whatever he wants to do yeah i just thought it was super weird that three movies that random movies I mean, sort of random. We chose to watch Blockers and uh, Baywatch for the podcast, but like, I was randomly watching that Spider-Man movie, and he was in every single movie. So I'm kind of expecting him to be in every movie I watch from now on, because <laughs> that's the pattern. He was in 12 rounds, right? Had to have been. He was the 10th round? <laughs> he was. He was round number 10, yeah. Cena is uh, sending his daughter off to prom and she like she comes downstairs and she gives her mom a high five and then she gives Cena a chest bump and Cena was like <laughs> just high fives from now on. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, he's he does uptight uptight comedy in a very like it's not what you would expect him to be good at, I think. No, well, yes and no. Like I could I could definitely see it as a part of his cuz I think he is an uptight dude. Just in general, I think that I think he I has parts is, of his personality. I th I think you're right. I think I misspoke and he definitely does come off as uptight. He doesn't seem like a repressed dude. Right, right. Like he's uptight but he can go into the less uptight zone if he wants to, like yeah. normally. Yeah. Um but like it's to, just... to not be able to chest bump your daughter because you're like I imagine <laughs> what worried about her boobs or whatever the fuck is I like guess. a she very repressed now. thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, like even the scene where he's like he's going into her room and he finds what he thinks is her vibrator and it's like her <laughs> toothbrush, which question, who keeps the bottom part of their toothbrush 
in their underwear drawer. Someone who also uses the toothbrush battery as a vibrator would yeah, be asked my guess. and answered. Yeah, no, definitely. Dude, when he's like <laughs> eating the uh, the underwear that he thinks is his wife's, like a donkey, that's great donkey <laughs> acting. Dude, that was supreme donkey act. Like the sounds, everything. <laughs> it was perfect. I got a laugh out. Of, that got a laugh out of me for sure. And that's like one of I think that's his one of his first scenes in the movie apart from when he's like dropping the kids off for their first day of school. Right. Also, he doesn't introduce himself to the other parents as Sam's dad or so and so's dad. She he introduced he introduces himself as their hero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's that's my kid. I'm her hero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is such a John Cena thing to do. Oh, man, it is. He has a cape, for sure. He has, like, a number one dad cape. Oh, for sure. Like a jersey. It's it's a football jersey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so, years pass, and now that their daughters are in high school, and you, it's, you get the impression that they haven't, like, kept up with each other. One, because Ike Barinholtz nowhere to be found, but when they're having the party before prom, um, Cena goes up to Leslie Mann and is, and is saying like, Hey, you never came to hot yoga. I had, I ended up having to eat that two for one group on <laughs> <laughs> and he seems legit upset about it. <laughs> <laughs> just like, I had to just said, no, I would have found someone else. <laughs> <laughs> well, the fact that he's, it's a it's a coupon and he he's eating it because she didn't show up. Yeah, yeah, I I really took a loss on that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Um another good line. They all 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 three of the girls decide that they're going to have sex on prom night. Like they make a sex pact. It's the the whole plot of the movie. And one of them brings like they know that Leslie Mann's daughter. I can't remember any of their names, so I'm just not even going to try. Julie. Um, Julie. They they know that she's going to try to have sex with her boyfriend tonight. And so they bring coconut oil for lube. <laughs> and Dude, this joke is so good. <laughs> um, and it's like hating on hating on a candy bar that is useless. But she says it's great for lube and it also makes blowjobs taste like almond joys. And she's like, thank God it doesn't taste like mounds. I'd rather eat 10 dicks than eat one mound. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, I agree with that, dude. Fuck I do, mound. too. I think a lot of people do because, like, working at a grocery store, I can I order candy and I, I, could, I definitely don't sell a lot of mounds. <laughs> like, whenever I get mounds, I'm upset because I have to figure out a way to move them. It's a whole thing. Put them in the reduce cart. Anyway. Um... <laughs> How do they sell but on such, Halloween? What's that? How do mounds sell around Halloween? Um, Better? They don't. They just don't. Wow. The only way a mound is going to sell on Halloween is if it's in a variety pack with other better candy bars. That is the only ever, the only time I've ever once in my life had a mound in my house. Is because yeah, they're just Snickers. They're useless candy. I could I could give you a list of useless candy. I Bings? wish you would. The fuck is a Bing? The fuck is a Bing? And why are people buying? What? It's called Bing. It's called Cherry Bing. I don't know what they are. I've never heard of it. 
I've never ordered it because they don't sell. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I could talk mad shit about candy. You I don't need eat candy any good anymore. Good and plenties. Good and plenty. Forgot about those. Those are like the little. They're kind of like Mike and Ike's, right? Yeah, yeah. They're just well, like a like a less good Mike and Ike. They're just black licorice flavor. Oh, gross. Yeah, man. Fuck black licorice. Dude. How about that? Thank you for saying what needed about to be that? said. Why? I mean, just what's the point? If we figured out how to make licorice taste good, which is the red licorice, so the only- <laughs> then why do we need the black licorice anymore? Well, it's. I think it is a dying candy because the only people I know who like black licorice were children when black licorice was the only candy you could get. Yeah, yeah. Man, we're taking hard, hard stances on candy in this episode. <laughs> I got passionate feelings, man. It's a much larger percentage of my diet than it should be. You know, it used to be for me, too. I probably haven't eaten candy in the better part of a year, I would oh, say. Oh, man. I haven't eaten candy in the better part of an hour. <laughs> while we're while we're on it, what's your? give me your, your top five candy. Snickers? It could be anything. Um, Snickers, Haichu, I think. Twizzlers, hmm, and then it gets a lot. Um, I think gummy bears are up there. Okay, gummy bears, huh? Yeah, I just gotta be. I don't know. The number five is is tougher. I get a lot. You know, I I more have candy tears. You know. Yeah, I could see that. I understand. So it's it's hard to itemize them in that way. Yeah, because like I'm gonna say this is my clear favorite. It has been since I was a little kid. But I think it I think it's really interesting you haven't mentioned anything about a peanut butter cup yet. That's because I have a binge eating problem and it's tough for me to eat a bunch of Reese's peanut butter cups in a row. It's tough on you or it's tough for you to do it. Yeah, I just don't enjoy it as much. Oh, okay. Fair I'll enough. I'll do it if I just if that's all I have. I'm not Well, that's I'm not above That's it. why they own they know that that's a problem. That's why they only put two of them in a package, unless you buy the big, the big bag. Yeah. With the minis. Yeah, and I don't like any of the like big cup varieties. I think the ratio, the perfect ratio, uh, for peanut butter cups is the minis. Yeah, they're good, bite size, easy to. Yeah, yeah, mine's definitely different than yours. I would say just off the top of my head, um, I'm gonna throw Reese's peanut butter cup in there. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say Tootsie Rolls. Any any form of How Tootsie the, Roll, dude. Tootsie Rolls goes up to number two, and then everything else slides. <laughs> it's Snickers and Tootsie Rolls, and then everything else. I was surprised you didn't say Tootsie I can't Rolls. Fucking, believe, I've I've eaten a hundred pounds of Tootsie Rolls in my life, dude. <laughs> I'm three percent Tootsie Roll. I'm I'm very picky about my candy. If I get a chocolatey candy, I have to get a fruity candy. Me too. To balance it out. Yep. I don't know why, but I, it's just the way it's got to be. It's because we have but, refined palates. True. I'm going to say peanut butter cup, Tootsie Rolls, 100 grand. Those are those are top Ooh, three for chocolate. 100 grand for is chocolate. an inspired choice, dude. 100 grand. 100 grand in a long while. That is definitely my favorite as far as a candy bar goes, like in bar form. That's yeah. my favorite. Yeah, that's If you're not including... Pick. If you're not including the log that you can get of Tootsie Rolls, like the Tootsie Roll log, if you don't include that in in the bar category, then I'm going to say (laughs) I do. 
I do too, but I'm going to not for now. So I'm going to say 100 grand Tootsie Rolls, peanut butter cups. And then for the fruity side, it's going to be Starbursts. Ooh, great pick. Particular, particularly the pink, because I love the pink. Um, And then Twizzlers Nibs, my yep. favorite road road trip candy. I include, when I say Twizzlers, I mean all varieties. All, all types, yeah. I, I really only fuck with the nibs. I will eat the red like the vines if I if it's all that I got or like the twist apart ones where you can do like little strands of of Twizzler. Yeah. But if I'm if I'm choosing, it's gonna be the nibs. Yeah. Man, the and pull then, apart nib, uh, or the pull apart Twizzlers are lowest on the ladder for sure. You think so? I do. Yeah. <laughs> I I think they have a time and a place. They definitely do, but it's the least frequent time and place. Of all Twizzler varieties. True enough. I like to take the Twizzler vines and cut them up into nibs of my own. (laughs) So it's it's nibs, but the long way of doing it. Yeah. That's like a thrifty candy shopper's move. Well, it's just, I like, the nibs, I think they mark up a little bit. I think Mm -hmm. they're a little more expensive. Because you can't just, you can, but they're harder to find getting like just a smaller package of the nibs. You usually can only find they those used, big bags. They of them. were a lot more. There were a lot more of those around when we were kids than there are now. I think. Yeah, yeah, I I think so too. Because like nowadays, you can find them, but mostly what you're going to find if you're on a nib hunt is going to be those big bags. So, and then you have to put those into your own tiny Ziploc snack bags to get the. Yeah. I think cutting up the regular Twizzlers to make nibs is definitely a thriftier way of. Of doing it, <laughs> if you're if you're trying to save save a dime or two, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then I'll it's I'll throw traditional, so yeah. <laughs> I'll throw traditional Skittles, just the regular red Skittles, mm-hmm. into the mix as well. But those are my top three on the the chocolatey and the fruity, and then I always got to have one of each. Yep. If I'm eating candy, yeah. I mean, it's like you got to have. You know, if you're having a lot of meat, you need some starch in there, too. Exactly. And I grew up on a meat and potatoes diet, so it, it bleeds through into my candy preferences, too. Yeah, dude. Um, I will say I don't miss candy all that much. I did at first. When I first stopped eating sugar, I, I missed candy a lot. Yeah. But the Quest makes a, a hero bar now that is very much like a Butterfinger. So it 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 scratches the itch for me when I do crave like a candy bar. Yeah, you're. But it's, I mean, it's all protein. You're the you're on the right path here. But I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna just keep eating candy for a while. I think. Oh no, you do you. I had a I good just... run. Like when I was like twenty, I didn't drink any soda and I didn't have any candy for almost a whole year. Soda'd be tough for me to kick. So, dude, that's a... I have... We don't even have to get into it. I have a problem, is what I have. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I do, too, I think. I, I drink diet soda, but, I mean, all that aspartame that I've ingested over the years has got to be just killing me from the inside. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, it's definitely not good for me, and I should quit. Dude, I've I, tried. I was talking with someone about this earlier this week and it really is like you just got to choose i mean if you're gonna have any of it you just have to choose diabetes or cancer basically yeah basically 
I would I would go with diabetes over cancer, I think. Yeah. Me too. Diabetes is manageable. Yeah. But what am I going to do? I love Diet Pepsi. Yeah, man. Fuck, here we are out in the candy weeds. Out in, out in the Twizzler weeds. <laughs> um, Dude, do you know who I thought was really funny in this movie that didn't have a lot of time? Was um, Colton Dunn, who played the limousine driver. That dude he was Rudy. great. Like his, yeah. one of his first lines is just like, "All right, y'all sit down now. It's all fun and games until the decapitations." I can't. Yeah, have I wrote that down too. Girl on my conscience. <laughs> I wrote that one down too. Oh, that's insane. Well, he gets he gets introduced because they're all in the limo and they're in the back seat and they're like drinking champagne and beer and stuff. And he rolls the window down. And he's like, "Is there underage drinking going on back there?" <laughs> <laughs> so he like freaks him out and then he 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 makes it clear that he's just joking like you guys can do whatever you want and they're like okay great and they start rolling the window up on him and he stops it and he's like not done yet <laughs> and then he tells him a story about how like his leg got crushed by something i forget what concrete truck. yeah i wrote it yeah i wrote it down like <laughs> my leg got crushed by a concrete truck and I never had fun again was the gist of his story. So now he's just committed himself to his dream of ensuring that all teenagers have the best night of their life on prom. Yeah, he didn't go to prom because his leg was crushed by a cement truck. <laughs> and they give no other no other explanation than just that his leg was crushed by a cement truck and now he's dedicated his life to making sure that kids have fun on their prom night. <laughs> that is fucking so creepy. And excellent, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird for anyone's calling to to be ensuring kids have a debaucherous prom night. Yeah. Well, and then later on when they're at the uh, the party at the lake house, they all have to like leave because the cops are there. And he's like ushering them all into the limo. <laughs> and he goes to he goes to slide over the hood, and he's like, "Duke's a hazard," and he doesn't do it. And he's like, "That was a racist ass show, anyway." <laughs> Yeah, dude. Yeah, he was great. He he had he was three at bats and hit three home runs. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, when they're sending all the kids off for prom, Cena gives his daughter like a little Swiss Army knife <laughs> and says one. He gives her advice on how to use it. Like he he basically thinks she's going to have to use it. And he says, "What does he say? One shot to the groin, stab and drag, stab and drag." <laughs> And it made me a little queasy. It made you laugh so that hard? No, just like oh, I'm I'm sensitive. Like if I see somebody get hit on in the nuts, like on TV or something, like I kind of feel it. You're sensitive a to little ball bit. Trauma. It's like yeah, yeah. The vision, the visual of it, just it it makes me hurt. <laughs> yeah, gives me an uncomfortable feeling inside. I don't have a ton of that, thankfully. That is lucky. That is lucky. Like I if like I can't enjoy ball humor like like ouch my balls for mediocrity I can't enjoy any of it because it's like ouch yeah my I mean balls. I don't it's not my favorite thing I just don't I don't feel it in my gut that way is all yeah it's really weird it's like almost like the same sort of feeling as if I were to be hitting the balls but very very mild man strong it's mirror weird. neurons you got I I guess is that what that is. 
I'm not a fucking brain scientist. <laughs> I my understanding is that mirror neurons are what allow you to f- empathize with pain in a general sense, but well, I don't really I've know got any very, more than that. I've got very empathetic testicles then. I've always thought that about you. I uh, you know, I don't I don't try to hide it. <laughs> there's a there's a scene where um Ike Barinholtz is talking to his ex-wife and he says something like my credit's in the shitter because I bought your mom a wheelchair and she's like she's gonna pay you back and he's like what is she gonna pay me back with crackers she steals from restaurants (laughs) which is just an excellent an excellent senior citizen joke oh yeah that's good stuff that's so funny and that's how my favorite Ike Barinholtz lines is like it honestly isn't as good a joke as that but he the way he delivers it is so funny where they're like they're trying to convince Leslie Mann, I think to, um, or they're like there to warn Leslie Le- Leslie Mann about the kids' sex pact, I think. Um, uh-huh. and they have, uh, she like gives him a coffee, and he's just like, "Is this, this is soy creamer? Are you sure? It's pretty friggin' rich." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I almost wrote that down. <laughs> It's like it's not even a joke, but he it just made me laugh so hard. Yeah. It's yeah, it's not that's the thing. It's like not even fun it's not even like actually a joke, but it's just like Yeah, no, I I know what you mean. I almost wrote that down, but I there are so many lines. Like this is just a movie full of great lines. I think what's so funny about that soy creamer line is just the way he delivers it. Because it's like he puts an inflection on it that's like almost like he's he thinks that she's lying to him, yeah, and, and he's, he's angry about, about it. it. Yeah, <laughs> don't fucking like, lie. Are to you me. sure this this is pretty friggin' you sure rich. this is soy creamer because it's pretty friggin' rich. <laughs> um, so they all they all by deciphering emojis because Leslie Mann's daughter leaves her laptop open, and you can see iMessage, and they're all messaging each other emojis of like uh, eggplants and drool which has come <laughs> um, stand down um so they all go to the car ike ike Barinholtz is trying to stop it because he wants his daughter to have a good prom night um but cena and leslie Mann want to stop it because they haven't thought it through which granted i think her daughter did think it through and like decided that she wanted to have sex that night the others definitely went along with it because the other person was doing it yes which is a good lesson on peer pressure (laughs) steer your own canoe yeah but they all race to the car and ike's trying to stop everything and he he ends up locking himself in the car but the window's down just a touch and cena forces the window (laughs) down (laughs) you can't do that you're not arnold schwarzenegger (laughs) <laughs> he just does it. <laughs> I think that's totally possible. I think, I think so maybe too. I I think I could maybe do it if I really tried. Maybe yeah, not. I don't I'm think the sure window how strong those motors works are. right afterward, but I think it's possible. Yeah, Cena really doesn't like his his daughter's boyfriend. They call him the chef because he bakes drugs into everything, dude. And he is doing too much. Yeah, he is. DMT? I don't even know if you can eat DMT. I just don't know enough about it. What I do know enough about DMT for is that if you can eat DMT, you shouldn't pair it with Xanax. 
Probably not. No, I think you're supposed to smoke it, from my understanding. That is my understanding as well, but I'm not. I'm no chef. I'm no chef either. Um, I feel like I've known dudes like like the chef, though. Oh, for sure. I've known a couple of dudes like the chef. Like, even later on when, like, they're going to go, like, they're going to have sex, and she decides she doesn't want to, he's like, no, that's cool. We could do, like, some light journaling or something like that. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> um. I couldn't tell you who exactly, but I have met that person so many times. Yeah, I think I know a handful of dudes that all amount to that person. Yeah, like yeah. The sum of their parts is that person. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like one of the first things that he says because he he meets the kid and he has like a a top knot, so he's got longer hair, and. He basically tells him to get a haircut, but he's like using himself as the example. He's like, my hair is too long. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got like a high and tight military haircut. <laughs> when they were at the party, this might be skipping ahead, but when they were at the party, didn't someone make a joke about Cena's haircut where they were like, it looks like you got your haircut in a cop car. Yeah, I wrote it down. It was, oh, where is it? He's like, you're literally, because he goes up, they go up to the party and the kid's like, no, no adults allowed. And he's like, we're not adults. We were just at a party down the street. He's like, oh, you're cops then. And Cena's like, I'm not a cop. And Police, he's like, look at this untucked little... shirt. Yeah, <laughs> look at this untucked shirt. Um, he's like, you're literally the copiest motherfucker I've ever seen. It looks <laughs> like you got your hair cut in the back of a squad car. <laughs> Which is just so true. Looking he, at Cena. He, yeah. Yeah. Like the the fact that the scene pr- like immediately before that is them trying to tell him to untuck his shirt and him saying it's not meant to be untucked it looks stupid that way. <laughs> Look at this untucked shirt. <laughs> Ike Barinholtz ruins uh, Shane Donahue's moment. It's the only character's name that I actually remembered was Shane Donahue, and he was like a nothing character. He he was a nothing character. And he was the most tragic character in the movie. He was, because he, he just keeps having his moment getting ruined. <laughs> and, like, by the same like, dude. Can you imagine that? Like, just some random older guy that you've <laughs> never seen before just keeps ruining your moment. Because he's, like, build, like it's a build-up. He builds himself up, and he's, he's like, getting ready to do, like, a crazy breakdance. Like, that's the reason he went to prom. He's been working he all year for this. Yeah, he didn't go to prom to enjoy himself. He went to prom to have his moment where he break dances and everybody loves him. <laughs> and he immediately gets shut down. Now he's like an embarrassing YouTube video. <laughs> Six shoes, though. Were they? I think I disagree. They're 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 kind of cool. They lit up. They were. He wore a child's shoes. Those are six shoes. Yeah. If your daughter is wearing them, she has a few. That are like that. She likes the And light. that's sick. <laughs> but he's close enough to adult. <laughs> you got That's that's fair. I actually I don't even I'm just taking a stance to take a stance. I don't actually feel that way. Wear whatever shoes you want, Shay Donahue. <laughs> One of my favorite <clears throat> I think the funniest moment in the movie. Hold on, I'm dying. <clears throat> I went down the wrong pipe. Um I think the funniest part of the movie is when they go to Austin's parents' house to try to find out where the kids are. <laughs> and 
Austin's parents, this is Leslie Mann's daughter's boyfriend. His parents seems like all they do is have sex when their kid's not around. And it seems like they like like they're out of new crazy sex shit to do. Yeah. Yeah, so like they they walk up and they see people boning and it's them and they're having like a prom night fantasy because it's prom night. And the funniest moment happens because they're all like looking in on him doing it. And then uh, what's his name? Gary Cole. It's a Carradine. Gary Cole. Yeah. Why do I always think he's a Carradine brother? He's got a Carradine face. He's got a Carradine face. Yeah, Gary Cole. When he's like about to finish he sees john cena looking at him through the window <laughs> they lock and they eyes. both they lock eyes and they both make like a face and like the way that they do it in the movie is perfect because they make it like a moment <laughs> um where like something seems to change in both of them <laughs> yeah yeah totally <laughs> but cena's just like we locked eyes and then he finished <laughs> That was like probably the funniest moment in the movie for me. <laughs> really? Cuz it's just the face that that Cena lo- the 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 face that he makes cuz he knows what's happening. And then he sees <laughs> what's happening with Gary Cole and like the face that he makes and then it something changes within Cena. <laughs> yeah, he a part of him broke. Yeah, well so much so that at the end of the movie, like after the credits, we find out that Cena's trying the weird like blindfold each other and find each other in the house we can only find find each other using the sense of each other's musk yeah (laughs) which another funny line happens there when cena's like trying it with his wife when they finally find each other he's just like so much time on the stairs like he spent time on the stairs (laughs) (laughs) like it was it was an obstacle he had to overcome and it took a while (laughs) (laughs) Um, hard work pays off man yeah that was another like non-joke but funny ike Barinholtz line was after that scene when he's like i don't judge other people's sex shit but that was ridiculous and stupid (laughs) yeah yeah he's so funny dude he's so funny like definitely my favorite part of this movie yeah he was for me too and he's he does this in most things that i watch him in where like at the beginning of it i'm like man i think i've had enough of ike Barinholtz and his type of comedy and then by the end yeah. of it, I'm like, this is the funniest person who's ever lived <laughs> yeah and it's like i go through that turn with him all the time in anything i see him yeah leslie mann's daughter refers to american beauty as a romantic comedy <laughs> <laughs> you watch all she's of like it? <laughs> you watched all of it <laughs> oh god um because she's like laying rose petals out she's like i saw this in a romantic comedy american beauty i just thought that was funny because american beauty is very much not <laughs> a romantic it's neither comedy. romantic nor a comedy um what do you think of butt chugging <sighs> so they they end up going to the same party where the guy's calling cena a cop and in order for them to like gain access, basically the the teenagers are telling him that they have to do like a, a beer bong, which is what they think it is. It's like and how undercoms like, no, have it... to inhale when they smoke weed with people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like prove you're not a cop. The other guy doesn't butt chug, 
which is essentially they put a beer bong up your butt and you you get the alcohol that way instead. Which Fuck I've never more man. I went to college and I I've, I've been to college parties and I never saw anybody butt chugging. Yeah, I've never I've, I've never seen it nor done it and I've it was butt chugging was stepping on the scene when we were in college for sure. It was like yeah, cuz I nationwide notoriety. Yeah, and I never like knew of it as butt chugging. I knew of people like soaking tampons in vodka and doing doing it that way Man, because that it does extreme. like it if you go in through that end, you do get the alcohol a lot quicker, I suppose. That gives me the same Still feeling though. as seeing people drink hand sanitizer. God. I'm like just do it the right way. <laughs> We already have a way to do this. We don't need innovation here. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's... I can't imagine being in a position where I need that a buzz that quick. It, it, where it's my, like... it, it honestly breaks my heart for people, but... Yeah, holy cow. Shameless, that's where I've seen that. When oh. Frank can't drink, when he has like the... The things and like the lesions on the back of his throat, and he can't drink. Right. He makes Carl <laughs> give him beer that way. God, that show. Anyway, <laughs> um, later on, they're they're talking about the Fast and the Furious movies, and um, Ike is asking Leslie Mann, he's like, "Have you seen any of the Fast and the Furious movies?" Because he's like trying to get her to like run the limo off the road, basically. And she's like, "I've seen the Tokyo one, and I've seen the one where the Rock punches a torpedo. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the best two to see." <laughs> which i don't know if you've seen them i haven't seen anything past the fourth one but does that actually happen does the rock punch a torpedo it does i can't wait to watch that Dude, it's incredible which one is it do you know i don't it's just one of the ones he's in yeah i mean the everything past five is one movie to me yeah i could see that i think it gets i'm, I'm excited to like to delve into it because i i've seen the first four not like crazy about those movies, but uh, they're a good time. I am. I'll I'll watch it. I I've watched the first one like many times actually because when it came out was when I was like first or second grade and it was like the coolest fucking movie. Yeah, man. Around it, it's actually a for big, a kid. <laughs> it was like a big source of insecurity in my childhood. Was like how little the Fast and Furious movies resonated with me. Really? <laughs> yeah. Totally. And like I enjoy them a lot now, but like I don't know, it's a whole, oh, yeah, it's dude. a whole thing. Like kids, our, kids our age, fucking loved those movies. Yeah, no, that was like the thing when when Fast and Furious came out, the first one. It was like a thing. We were, when it came out on video, my friends and and I were all we we're we're gonna stay at this person's house. We're gonna get pizza. We're gonna watch Fast and Furious. Like. It was the quintessential sleepover movie. Yeah, man. It was Fast and Furious <clears throat> followed by Need for Speed Underground. Oh, yeah. Fucking miss playing Need for Speed. Holy cow. I miss being a kid. Dude, I cried. I actually, this movie made me cry. And Really? Pretty much every movie I've watched since last June has made me cry, basically. But the reason I was crying for this one was because I missed being a kid so much. I'm like, man... They have their whole lives ahead of them. Dude, I've been getting crazy nostalgic. I don't know if it's just my age or what it is, but the last year or so, nostalgia's been hitting me hard. Yeah. And usually it's like 
Uh, like I, it, it's not like a a deep emotional thing. It's just like, oh yeah, I miss those times. Those were good times. But like this past year or so, it's been like, fuck, I miss being young and not having any responsibilities. And my biggest worry was getting out of school so I could go home and play Zelda. Like I miss those days. Yeah, man. It's like, there were days. It's like because we lived through like SARS and swine flu, right? So it's like. Man, I wish I could just go back to like not having to care actively about everything that's going on. Yeah. Yeah, cuz I didn't when I was growing up. All I cared about, like I spent literal days playing video games. Like that's all I would do from the beginning of the day to the end of the day. Dude, I would wake play... up and watch like Looney Tunes babies and then I would get home and watch Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and then I would go to bed. Oh yeah. It was the yeah, best. Yeah, dude, I miss it. I'm yeah. I used to just have like routines. Like I'd get out of school and I'd I'd watch these shows and then I'd play this game for a while. Fucking miss it. Yeah. Anyway, sucks getting old. All the actual like middle aged people out there are just like fuck you guys. <laughs> Let's talk once you hit thirty, dummy. Yeah, I mean that's really all I'm holding on to at this point is like, yeah, I'm getting older, but hey, I'm not thirty yet. I know, man. I'm like, well, I still have a few years until I'm thirty. Maybe I can get it together by then. I won't get it together by then. I don't know, man. I'm ho- I I always thought that I'd have a lot more done by the time I was twenty eight, and it's not like I haven't done anything, but I thought I'd have a lot more done. <laughs> I thought I I thought I'd be somewhere different. Yeah, I think I'm doing fine. As far as, like, comparatively or just, like, in the sense of, like, what doing fine is, but Man, I think doing, doing okay, great. it's I, just, like... I'm very happy for you and where shit's at right now. I think it worked out. It's definitely different than what I thought four years ago. Yeah. But it, it all worked out. A lot changed for me in the, in the course of a year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, I'm... Very happy I was able to adapt and and figure it out because I feel like I'm figuring it out. But it's scary, scary time. I thought I'd be like thirty at least by the time I had a kid, not twenty five. <laughs> yeah, dude. Didn't expect to have my first kid at twenty five. <laughs> I did not. I didn't expect anyone that I was close with to have a kid that early. Yeah, plenty of people I knew it's... had kids that early, but not that I was like close with yeah 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 it's cool though like i think it's it's gonna be neat when she's like 15 or 16 it'll be easier to relate with her i think than it would be if i would have waited until i was like my mid-30s to have my first kid yeah because then by the time they're that age i'm gonna be middle-aged i'll be 50 or 50 plus by the time athena's 18 i'll be 42 yeah and i still think that that's like young enough to to not get, I don't know. My parents were older when I was growing up. Like when I was eighteen, I think my my parents were like in their fifties. So it was it was just different. They were very scared yeah. about everything. <laughs> and I, like, no matter how many times I'd be like, "No, it's cool." Like I understand things, and I think I have a pretty good judgment for a teenager. Like, trust me, they wouldn't like at all. Like, even though I got good grades and didn't really do a lot of drugs or, like, get into any trouble when I was a teenager, they still were, like, very, very secure. So, I think it'll work to my benefit that I had her younger. Plus, by the time 
both my kids are out of the house, like I'll still be fairly young and can still figure out what I want to do for the back nine of my life, as Cena would say yeah, in this totally. movie. Which is like, I know he was trying to be helpful, but that's, I don't know, that felt weird to me. It's, it's don't you want to do a great something metaphor. before you hang it up? Yeah, it's hard to acknowledge when things are, when you're on the back end of things. <laughs> um, Somebody, I think it's Ike, says that Cena's not a team player <laughs> at some point. And he's like, I am a team player. I just chucked a 40 with my asshole. <laughs> and I think it's funny that later on, because like we know when the butt chugging scene is happening that the kid's not actually doing the butt chugging. Like he's just pretending. Yeah. But like a good 20 minutes later on in the movie, they actually pointed out, they're like, I don't think that kid was butt chugging. <laughs> <laughs> like it t- took them so long to realize. Dude, I love yeah. how drunk Cena got. Like drunk Cena was very funny. I think he would be a, like I I don't know if he can get drunk because I don't know if an android's body processes alcohol the same way that um and a human body would. Yeah, I imagine that there's circuit? some sort of filtration what's that? Is he short circuit? No, I think that he's he can ingest stuff like that. I think that there's just an intense filtration system that's installed in there that um probably converts it to some sort of fuel, if I had to guess. Like when he drinks, he it, it, it filters out the things that are unnecessary and then it keeps the things that he can use. Gotcha. He's just so, a very efficient machine. I think the same same goes for food. Because like, as an android, you have to like maintain some sort of like appearance of you being human. Play the part. Otherwise the humans would get scared. You got yeah, you gotta like kinda join in on the, the group mentality. Which means that you have to eat, even though you don't really have to eat. Um, they go into it on Star Trek with Data. But <laughs> I think that when he does ingest things, I think that his body um, filters it out and, and puts things, makes makes use of everything that's in there. Rather than like what our bodies do. Right. Which, I'm, I'm sure that they, they, they do filter things out, but we still get drunk. I don't think Cena would get drunk if he if he drank. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder do you think do you think tranquilizers work on him? Hmm. Like if you were to treat him as big game, let's say. Right. And like like a dart. Yeah, yeah. I got to think I got to think that probably not. <laughs> I don't know what his think? skin is. I gotta think probably not, because I don't I don't know if his skin is what like what sort of material his skin's made out of, but I gotta think it's probably just silicone wrapped around like circuitry. So I don't think that a tranquilizer dart would do anything. Now, if you were to give him something else that would slow his functions down, not like a traditional tranquilizer for like organic beings, but like something that could slow all of his processes down. And maybe if you keep shoot his... him with like a USB dart that has tranquilizer code in it, like that, or even just like a dart that would emit some sort of like electromagnetic pulse right. yeah, that could EMP maybe dart. fry some I, of his circuits. I don't know how I didn't think of that. An EMP dart. Yeah. Um. Then maybe, but still a lot that is unknown about androids and how they work. Yeah. Kind of the final frontier. Do you think 
<laughs> kind of is. Do you think that John Cena will never listen to me talking about him this way? <laughs> but do you think that if he did hear all of my my theories on on him being an android, do you think that he would understand? I think that he would compute that it was a joke. Yeah. Okay. He wouldn't like think I was onto him and then seek out to destroy me. <laughs> oh yeah, he's. It would be a joke detected moment. Good. Ha, ha, ha. Um, that. <laughs> I can sleep a little easier at night then, because it's really been but troubling me. There is always the possibility that it angers him. Oh. And then he comes at you like that. an Iron Man suit. But see, that's the thing, though. He's an android, so unless he has like an emotion chip installed, he wouldn't really be angry about anything. He would detect a threat. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. He would he would detect a threat because like obviously we're they're trying to keep it secret. That's why we haven't like heard definitive proof that he is an android. That's why the president but, has never come out and said John Cena is not an android. Right. But I think that even if he did hear me talking about him being an android, the threat level would be very low because of what my reach actually is. Right. He would just catalog your name and voice and facial features in case he ever ran into you right let's hope i never run into cena man for a lot of reasons let's hope you know what let's hope i do because that'd be kind of a cool way to die actually it'd be a cool way to go out Do you know what you've completely changed my mind already <laughs> i totally agree like can you imagine me up in heaven with like abraham lincoln and like ray charles they're like how'd you die Oh, John Wilkes Booth shot me. How'd you die? Cena killed me because he found out that I knew he was an android. Because I was. How do you think he would kill me? How do you think he would go about doing it? Oh, one crisp laser eye. Laser eye? Done. I think he would just engage me and just chase after me. Like, I would probably run. He would run after me. But once he caught me, I think he would just give me after you. He would just wrap around me. And just crush me like a boa like an anaconda, yeah. like a cobra. Boa constrictor, thank you. Yeah, cobras are, are, <laughs> are venom snakes. I don't know my snakes very well. It's because I'm scared of them. Yeah, I got. An, I that's the same reason I do know about them. I just can't. I can't look into I it because I hate them. Dude, ever him. since you told me that story about the the girl's pet snake, like measuring her to see if she could, that haunts me to this day. It's such a betrayal. I just Your can't imagine, like, it. I can't imagine one waking up next to a snake with me in the bed. Right there, I'm done. Already elevated I can't, heart rate. I can't, I, I would die. I can't live with the knowledge that I was sleeping next to a snake that whole time and didn't know it. Oh, God. But when you find out the reason that the snake was laying next to me, that it was measuring me to see if it could eat me. That is cold. That's dude. a great way that for a snake so... to fucking die. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I'd be done with that snake right then and there. Yeah, I would be done with it. I'd be like, I don't care what happens to this. It was my pet. I don't care. Kill it's it. It's dead to me. <laughs> it needs to die. Ah, uh, fuck a snake. Oof. Um, I had a question for you. I'm ready to answer it. What hotel allows this sort of party to happen 
Because the last party that they go to, they go from the prom to the lake house party where Cena does the butt chugging to the hotel party, which is insane. Right. Like it's it's basically an entire hotel floor where people are just banging and doing drugs and underage drinking, like all the things you're not supposed to do, but it's happening at a hotel. Like what hotel allows that to happen? The only possibility is that one of the kids' parents owned the hotel. Uh, that's totally it. But that wasn't mentioned. And even then, I don't think that that happens. No. I think it's funny, though. They run into the hotel to find their kids, and Cena's like, how are we ever going to find them? There's like 20 rooms in this hotel. <laughs> and it's clearly like a hotel that has thousands of rooms. That's like, And like Cena hasn't been a dumb guy for the rest of this movie. No. <laughs> Ike Barinholt's daughter decides to lose her virginity to Chad, which is a very another character that you've met before in your life. Oh man. Like he's very much like the chef where it's like I've known people like this. I actually work with somebody like Chad. <laughs> yeah. Um Distinguishing characteristic being wears a fedora all the time. Including immediately after ejaculation. Yeah, that was, I wrote that down. He wears a fedora like like some people smoke cigarettes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Because they're going to do it and then she changes her mind and doesn't want to. But she wants to like touch his junk. Stuck junk is stuck junk. (laughs) Um, (laughs) To see if it does the trick for her or not. Right, which we find out it doesn't because she's learning about herself and that she's gay and not interested in other in dudes. Um, but she wants to touch one to see. And she touches it and he ends up ejaculating because he's Chad. But then immediately rolls over and puts his fedora on. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And it's like, man, I really, I just felt for him. I just cringed for him. Where it's like, you're going to look back yeah. on this and just shudder. <laughs> um, Ike Barinholtz ruins another one of Shane Donahue's moments at the hotel. <laughs> what is your He's just random. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine being completely humu- humiliated in front of everyone you know and then having to redeem yourself for that? And then Ike <laughs> Barinholtz is like, well, yeah, actually, yes. <laughs> um and then he and Shane Donahue, Donahue are friends all of a sudden. Yeah. I want it that's the sequel is those two. Whoa. I should write it. <laughs> I should write the it. The world has been clamoring for a blocker sequel. They've all been waiting. Um and then Cena assaults a teenager cuz he like comes into the room <laughs> Dude, and he attempts murder. That is, you can't do that to a teenager. The chef took a bump, dude, that's for sure. Yeah, man. And then then the chef stands up, he's like, I'm actually actually fine. (laughs) Um, He was pretty funny in this movie, actually, the chef kid. Oh, yeah, I thought so. It's like anyone who can play one of those, like, two adult kids. Yeah. It's a very funny, I don't know. That's a funny type of dude. Fucking the light journaling line got me. We could just do some light journaling. 
I always love where he's like, this is great, and it's going to be super helpful, and it will also get you fucked up, and the strawberry filling is light and delicious. <laughs> he's a really passionate, artistic dude. Well, that's the end of my note. My notes on blockers. Um, it ends with a happy ending. They send all their kids off to college, and then they play another trick on them. They by, do, like, do t- another emoji mistakenly. Prank. Yeah, another emoji prank. Pretty good movie, though. Like, not like award-winning movie, but like I didn't hate that hour and a half that I spent watching it. Totally. Also, was another FX movies on Hulu situation where it's like it's on FX, but it's not, and they didn't edit anything out, including the dick, huh. Gary Cole's dick. <laughs> Crazy. I wonder. You think that was really? You think that was really Gary Cole's dick? I do not, but I wouldn't Never be know. surprised. No way of really knowing. Yeah, I mean, we could write him a letter and ask. Have you <laughs> noticed a lot more dicks in movies lately? Yeah, I have. I think we're trying. I think to, it started to make up for all the boobs we forced to be in movies. Yeah, I think you're a hundred percent right about that. I think it started with um, Sarah Marshall. I yeah, I really think so. I think that was the first time we were like, you can just have a dick be a joke in a comedy. Yeah, and then once they realized that, they were like, cool, dicks in every movie. (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) Dude, Um, man, I watched Forgetting Sarah Marshall last week, and that shit is still one of my favorites. You don't even have to keep this sentence in, but it's... That's going to be good for me forever. One of my all-time favorite comedy movies ever. It's top five of my favorite movies, for sure. I've seen it a lot, too. When When it first came out, I was in high school. Yeah. And that was like the movie. I was in eighth grade, yeah. Um, still holds up too. <laughs> it really does. It's yeah, that shit is very good. Do you know what um this is kind of just a random tangent. Have you seen that movie Book Smart? That's the Olivia Wilde directed one, right? It is, I think, yeah. I haven't seen it. I've seen previews for it. It's pretty fucking good, dude. Is it? Yeah. I think it's on Hulu. I could probably watch it. It is. Yeah, no. It's a, And it's a kind of similar tone to this. This, Blockers, I would kind of equate to super bad for parents, where it's like, yes. it's just a very transitional life period, but it's also a raunchy party comedy. Right. And Booksmart is, I, I mean, I don't, I think this comparison was made a ton of times, but Booksmart is super bad for women, I think. Effective. Yeah, I think I've heard that. Putting blockers up against Baywatch, more specifically Mitch versus Mitch. Which Mitch won? Which Mitch is which? Um, that's an interesting question, I think. Because we got to choose a winner of the two. They're very, won the very first different round. Mitches. Very different. I mean, I guess what's the scale where, like, is it just like best acting? Or the one that made me laugh the most, or I think just all encompassing, like just which who, one? Who's your favorite Mitch? Did you enjoy? Who is your favorite Mitch? Which Mitch did you enjoy watching more? It's really tough. It, it, this it's this is way probably, tougher than I thought it was going to be. This is probably going to be the hardest matchup of of all of them that we have. I think so this season. And yeah, and I I expected it to be way more in the Rock's favor. But Cena's pretty funny in this movie. Honestly. Dude, he is. 
Like, and he has his, a little more his jokes land pretty well. He has a little more heart than The Rock does. Yeah, yeah. I think Cena tried a little harder because, like we were saying with Baywatch yesterday, was The Rock was being The Rock. Yeah, just doing rock stuff. I think this is the first time as of yet that we've seen Cena step out of just being Cena. Because there's a little bit of Cena there, but he kind of tries to play a different character. Yeah, and and yes, I totally agree. He is like a lot more human person than than certainly he ever is, and definitely more than The Rock is in Baywatch. And I don't yeah. even know which one I enjoyed more. Like, even just movie to movie, they're pretty even for me. Yeah, I would say so too. I think I enjoyed Blockers a little more just because it's not as long, not quite as long, and I think there's a little more like in-depth comedy than just surface comedy. Totally. Like, there's a lot of surface comedy with Baywatch. Definitely. And there's a lot of like, I mean, there's a lot of like surface, you know, just kind of like ball humor and like, you know, butt chugging. Butt chugging isn't like a deep comedy thing, but there is just a lot more heart throughout. And like, yeah, I would say it's, I think I'm going to give this one to Cena. Yeah, it's I'm having a I'm tough time limb. saying otherwise. Yeah, I think I have to agree. Cena wins. Yeah. Shit. This is kind of unexpected. But it's like Cena wins narrowly. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, a, I don't know. I was trying to come up with some like wrestling analogy for it, but I've, I failed. But yeah, it's just like it's like so close. It's like yeah, and I think it's like Cena won on a ten count that The Rock was trying to stand. At, like Rock stood up at eleven. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, if we had put Baywatch up against any of the other movies we decided to do for Cena this this season, it would have been The Rock all the way, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta think. Yeah. I, think I kind so. of expected a clean sweep from The Rock before we did any of these. Like before we watched any of the movies, I. I definitely kind of expected a clean sweep for The Rock. Yeah, the I mean just by the number of performances he's had. Right. Like but he's honestly, been in way like, more movies. Cena's percentage of good movies is or at least good performances is really high. Thus far, yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen a ton of movies with him. Honestly, like I've I've seen this one, I've seen Playing with Fire and I saw Trainwreck. Yeah. Which he had a very small part in. Yeah, I mean, I think those are the big ones for sure. All right, so Cena's up two to nothing right now. Three more matchups to go. Cena is up two to nothing. Wow, Izzy, can you review the ma- the previous matchups for me? So the previous, the only previous one I think that we did was fighting with my family versus um, fi- uh, playing with fire, which was right. kind of a gimme because The Rock was hardly in it, and he just played The Rock. So we kind of had to give it to Cena. Yeah. Yeah. This one was kind of the sleeper. We didn't we thought it was going to be hard for blockers to compete with Baywatch cuz I liked watch I liked Baywatch. I thought it was funny. But I enjoyed watching Blockers more. I think I enjoyed watching Cena more in Blockers I think than I did watching The Rock as the other Mitch. I kind of enjoyed them about equally. I think I would watch Blockers more frequently yeah and i think it's it's just a more watchable movie i'm a big believer that movies are too long these days like i it's just a firm belief i think there's a time and place for it 
Like, I think that there is definitely a time and place for like, like the dark Knight is a two and a half hour movie. And I think that's justified because of the, the way that they use their time. Yeah. But a lot of movies, like even like the Marvel movies I've been watching, cause I've been catching up on those. Like, you know, those are too long. Like there's so much that can be cut out and still make the story make sense and work and be succinct. Like, I think a lot of it is just like, some of it might be playing into certain things. Like we need to put this scene in this movie because to set up a different thing in the TV show. And I think that's another one of the drawbacks of that extended universe thing. Right. Um, But all movies, man, like there's no reason Baywatch needed to be a two hour movie. No, like easily could have been an hour and a half. That's what I liked about blockers was that it was like a, a good 90 minute comedy. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. We agree there. Shit is too long. Yeah. And it's like, like I said, it's fine if it, if it, if you use the time well, like I think the dark Knight, Yes. But like inception or interstellar, Probably didn't need to be that long. I remember Nolan's first Batman movie being way too long. Oh, Batman Begins? Yeah. 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 I think there's definitely a lot they they could have cut out. But at a, at a certain point, I wonder how much of that is self-serving for like the filmmaker. And I think that that is a tendency when just because I've done short films and stuff. Like I went to film school, so I've put myself in each different position of a film crew. And when you're directing something, especially something that you've written, you tend to get a little self-serving and, and you don't see things that you could definitely easily cut out. You think that it serves the story, but it really doesn't, or there's something you can do to it to make it shorter or work more efficiently. Right. And that, that is something I think that it comes with, with age. Like when you're in film school, you don't understand it and you're young like if you go right out of high school like I did, I was young. And I think in order to really I think it applies to a lot of art. Like I think you have to spend the time doing it for one, but I think you also have to do it for a while to understand how it really works and like less is more. Yeah, I think that's a big thing that I've learned in playing music is like you is like how to not put the new cool thing that you've learned how to do into the next thing that you write just because you want to do it. Yeah. Which is like a thing that I've been pretty bad at a lot of times in my life, but like it's a something you learn in waves kind of. Yeah. And it's funny too, because like I do that a lot with my songwriting. Like I incorporate stuff that I've done before because I like it or because I think it's cool. But I almost use that as an excuse to write conceptually like I do. Right. Like I, 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 the fact that it's, it's conceptual excuses the fact that I'm using it over and over again. Right. Cause like then a it's like a riff. motif, a musical motif that runs along with the theme. Exactly. Exactly. But really that's all art is, is figuring out a way to justify your shit because art is meant to be critiqued. And if, if you can justify why you did something, then it's excusable. Then the worst that anyone can say is I didn't like it. Exactly. That's why film school is so easy because you can't fail. You just got to be able to bullshit your way out of it. (laughs) Essentially. Yeah. yeah, Like I, I passed, I passed a photography course because I was able to bullshit my way out of fucking mistakes and oversights. Dude, I, 
I didn't finish school, but everything I did finish in school was very half-assed. I mean, same. I definitely cut corners on a lot of shit. I, like looking back at the stuff I did in film school, it's pretty cringy, and I don't like watching it because it's like, man, you were young and you didn't understand yet. Yeah, and like in three years from now, I'll probably be looking on the shit that I'm making now, thinking the same thing. But that's kind of like comes with the territory of making art. Is like it's a hard part of making it. To it accept. Yeah, making it, trying to be proud of proud of it, justifying it, and then in two years hating it. <laughs> yeah. All right, there you have it. Blockers. John Cena wins in kind of an upset, I think. Uh, I like this movie, though. What was up with all that candy talk in this episode, am I right? What's your favorite candy? Write me, movieswithwrestlers at gmail.com. I want to know. I want to thank the Not Safe for Network, and I want to thank Biggs for helping me get this show out every couple weeks. Uh, you should check out all the shows that are on the Not Safe for Network. There's the the titular show, Not Safe for Network, formerly known as Box Office Battle. Um, there's movies with wrestlers, obviously. There's a Cosmic Void. Um, but there's a ton of shows that have been on the Not Safe for Network, and I, that's what I've been doing lately is delving into the the old catalog of all the old shows that were on there. Um, most recently, I've been listening to a lot of In Syndication. Um, but you can find all of the podcasts that have been on the Not Safe for Network, any podcast app you have. So go check it out. Just Google it or whatever you do. Just look into it because there's a lot of great shows on there. I want to thank Panther Car for doing the intro outro music. It's called Nonparal and it's on their album Pomegranate. You should wait until a Bandcamp Friday. It's the first Friday of every month and you should buy it because all of the proceeds will go directly to the artist and that's pretty rad. I want to thank all of you for listening and I want to thank Connor for talking about blockers and every other movie we do uh, this season. He is a saint for coming and talking to me about movies with wrestlers. All right, that's it. See you in a couple weeks. Okay, bye. Subscribe to all the podcasts on our network. Season three of Movies with Wrestlers has Eric and Connor answering the question on everyone's mind. Who's better, The Rock or John Cena? Every week, a cosmic void has Jeremiah and Biggs deconstructing influential movies. Not Safe for Network examines the zeitgeist through rabbit holes, deep dives, interviews, and pop culture battles weekly. And if you need some classic TV talk, catch up on the previous three seasons of In Syndication.